Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, the Kayak Fishing Show Live. It's always brought to you by all of our wonderful sponsors. Scrolling across the bottom there. Go visit them so they keep taking care of us. Um, these are all great people that we've, we've worked with for a long time and, and uh, you know, couldn't be doing the shows ever without their support and uh, or yours. So please support them so they continue to support us and let us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, a few things before we get to the show. Um, I think I showed you guys this. I don't know if it's going to show up because of the green screen. This uh, Naughty and Foul um, Kayak Scupper Light. Haven't had a chance to try it out yet. Uh, but it, it seems really cool uh, for those of us that fish at night. But they sent me something else that I wanted to show you that I thought was really cool. And uh, this arrived separately. They're also doing some performance wear and really nice kind of fishing shirt. You know, the kind I, I wear the style of shirt all the time when I'm fishing. And I just thought this one looked cool. Bill uh, stars and fishing rod stripes. So again, that's from naughty and foul. They're very kind and sent that to me uh, along with those, uh, those lights, which I will, test as soon as I get a chance. Uh, I've kind of had my hands full lately. Um, and if you saw, I got the uh, the Blue Sky Boatworks Bimini Top uh, video all set up. I did an install video. Um, I think that's going to be a really cool product for, for people who fish in really harsh sun. It is pretty easy to take up and put back down. So you could be out there cruising around and then lower it down while you're fishing. Or just when you're using that thing to just cruise around, uh, just to get you some some shade. So, you know, maybe for a hardcore fisherman, maybe it's not the right product, but um, definitely for uh, getting you out of the sun in those really hot areas, uh, there's definitely going to be some value to that. I was pretty stoked on that. Um, one thing I wanted to show you also is today, uh, Yak Attack. <coughs> excuse me, um, introduced their new product. Now, this has been a flagship product for them for a long time that they have completely redesigned, and that is their Black Pack. So I'm going to bring that up onto the screen here, and I figured I'd show, just share some of the photos that they had posted on Facebook today. Uh, the new uh, Black Pack comes in three different sizes, and you can set it up in different orientations. And so I was just going to scroll through some of these promo photos that they had put up. And you can see that uh, you can attach rod holders and you can do that on one side, both sides, however you want, because it is kind of preset for, uh, for drilling those holes. Um, I think the whole overall geometry of the product looks a lot better than the old one. Uh, the rod holder uh, mounting is uh, much better than the old one. And uh, the lid particularly is much better than the old one. I saw some video of that um, where they kind of did a walkthrough of the hinges and the whole thing. And uh, pretty cool. Uh, you can actually see in that photo there, uh, the rod holders actually come with an attached tether. So, you know, for to secure your rods and everything, that little attached uh, tether with the rod holder is pretty cool. 
So I'm excited to get one of these. Um, when I don't have a bait tank, uh, I definitely have always used the, the black pack on my boats. And uh, this new one really, really looks better. You can see that one's a fairly large one. It's got four rod holders across the back. And my mouse has disappeared on me. There we go. Uh, I actually just got a message from James Macbeth, who's supposed to be joining me here today, and I need to send him a message back really quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> Maybe I can. He lost the uh, the link to join us. <laughs> so anyway, that is the new improved black pack and again like everything from yak deck made in the usa and again that's going to be available in three different sizes so anyway just thought i would uh share that with you uh, because i thought it was a pretty cool product another thing that i am super excited about now this is is coming a real time crunch for me uh that arrived today is the new torquedo 11 03 motor that I will be putting on my blue sky. Uh, and, I mean, I've been hoping this would get here a little sooner uh, so I can get it all mounted up and maybe have a chance to use it before uh, I have to go and deal with the shoulder issue. So um, maybe I can uh, put the pedal down and get that done. But uh, I'm really, I got really excited. I opened the box and started already looking at the different orientations um, and how I can mount that onto uh, the blue sky. Um, you know, the blue sky is not a kayak. Uh, it is a pedal boat, but I've used it with uh, electric motors on it before, and it makes it so much fun. It is such a fun boat to fish out of. So, I mean, I absolutely love that blue sky. And I think this 1103 motor is going to really add something to that. So I'm, I'm very, very excited and uh, I'll keep you posted. Now, um, what I, I did mention is uh, we won't have a show next Tuesday because I will be laying on a table getting my shoulder opened up. Uh, so that is what's kind of going to keep me off the water for probably at least paddling. It's going to keep me off the water for a couple of months. So uh, having the motors on the boats and the pedal boats is becoming that much more appealing to me. So um surgery next Tuesday. So no live show. And I don't know how much posting I'll be doing in general for a few days. Luckily it is my left arm and I'm right-handed. So I, I should be able to kind of get back to some normalcy. I can still single-handed cast and stuff. So, um, the, uh, show we're doing today is a trip to one of my favorite places up in Canada. Uh, I mean, I love going to Canada, you know, I was luckily while we were shooting the show, I was usually going up there at least once a year, lots of friends up there. And I've said it before. I don't think I've ever had a bad fishing trip to Canada. The downside is I have to hang around Canadians, but you know, we can, we can gloss over that. I, I can live with that for the good fishing. So my good buddy just drove through a snowstorm to get to his... I've got my guitar. 
Oh, are you going to sing for us? No. no. Do you play? <laughs> I heard the Our... Canadian comment, by the way. Oh, I didn't think you were online yet. Yeah, we could hear. I, I meant, I meant, I meant Quebecois. Oh, that doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't that won't cause any problems at all. <laughs> you should be fine. I love Canada. You know that. I love going up there. Uh, so many great friends and great fishing, and, and <clears throat> there's so much water. There, there's water. so much water. Before we get into the show, James. James is is head of marketing for Jackson Kayak. Because I'm responsible. Uh huh. And what were you doing while you're talking to me earlier? Texting and driving in a snowstorm? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. What before we get going on to the episode, James? Anything going on at uh, Jackson Kayak that you're actually allowed to tell us? I had Jameson on last week. He wouldn't tell me anything. I I I can tell you exactly what Jameson can tell you. Uh, no, we, we, we've actually had a pretty exciting month. Uh, we, we do have something new coming down the pipeline, two things new coming down the pipeline uh, for April release. And let's just say that's going to touch uh, a lot of our lives, you know, yourselves included, you know, especially when you become Senior Gimp, <laughs> Senior Gimp with, with no left arm. Um, it's uh, no, it's a big deal. This is going to be an exciting. This is going to be the best way to put it is this is after about three years hiatus, if you will, from from producing new products. This is going to be the they're going to be the answer to the what's going on with Jackson kayak fishing. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of new whitewater boats. Um, and since then, I brought in Jameson as our brand manager <clears throat> um, and, and he's actually been active as as a brand manager if you will uh through the, the development process of this new jackson 2.0 that's that, that's about to hit the the wavelengths um uh it's it's pretty exciting it's kind of a fun new metamorphosis that we've all gone through we've we've been in the cocoon for three years and now we're going to be the beautiful butterfly that everybody knows to expect from jackson kayak i'm kind of excited about butterfly it. or more like mothra no not mothra mothra's bad mothra's, mothra's like, good mothra's big and badass yeah but we like godzilla better than mothra <laughs> <laughs> so we're like more it's a godzilla it's a godzilla oh, we're godzilla, rising uh, out of the water you know yeah. <laughs> after decades well, away you, if you can't tell me anything can you at least promise me that you'll come back april when things can be announced and we can really dive into the new stuff Absolutely. Absolutely. I have an inkling. I, I, I know a little bit, but mm -hmm. I don't know enough. Um, I did get a message actually from Jameson, your brand manager, while he was out on a take two mm -hmm. that uh, he had actually, because uh, I was talking to him about my new Torquedo, and he had thrown a Torquedo on his take two. Yeah, the, the, the take two. So this is kind of part of the the evolving story um we have we have tony lee who as you know uh i mean he, he helped design his favorite boat of all time was the kraken um we and, had so much fun designing that yeah and and one of the reasons it was his favorite is and, and one of the i guess the um 
the byproducts of designing that boat is a it was a way better understanding of fishing kayak performance. Uh, you know, we're 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 whitewater brand um, at our roots, and in whitewater, every tiny little edge that you you carve in a boat is it has to be taken into consideration. Right. And when we moved to fishing, uh, you know, by default, that was less of a thing, you know, hull shape and speed and tracking and carving and all these things weren't necessarily in play. You know, there was a few boats out there that performed fairly well, but uh, uh, we basically through the last few iterations of Jackson kayak hull shaping have evolved to a point where we kind of know how to walk that fine line between performing kayaks and access, uh, accessorization and, and, and outfitting your boat and having the space to do so, you know, you, yeah, so you're, you're going fine lines. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're lines. going, you know, if you, you kind of, you kind of the, the, the Kraken especially is kind of a touring kayak, you know, you, you focused on performing, you focused on, building a really good fishing platform in and around that performance. And we learned a lot from that. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the UPIC is a perfect example of a, a next generation of taking that instead of having a nice skinny boat to work with for, for performance, we've had to, you know, Tony has worked a lot on shaping the hull so that we get to a point where even those big wide 34 to 36, sometimes 38 inch hulls actually cut through the water and do what they're supposed to do. And yeah, this one was, is take this next boat is taking it to a whole new level. Yeah. It seems um, like what he, that what he's done with that transition from hull to deck, mm -hmm. that spot in there, that sweet spot is, is something that nobody's done. And, and it has made um, some of these, what you would think of really big boats, actually very, very good paddling boats for, yep. for, again, for what they are, they're not rockets, but they still, for what you, you look at, it's like, oh my God, this is going to be a barge. And then they actually have some glide to them and go through the water really nicely. Yep. Yep. And Jameson, like I said, he was on the take two and I've heard, I haven't been on one yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about that boat. Yeah. So take two, you know, follows the heels and is on the heels of the, the big tuna, and the big tuna was kind of a happy surprise for us. You know, we it was an excuse for uh, purchasers, gentlemen, to go to their their better halves and say, you know, I could take you out for a day. That only lasted like one trip, but it was a really good solo platform. And you take that second seat off on the take two and the big tuna before it, and all of a sudden you have unlimited amounts of space uh, to deal with as a, as an angler. And you got the stability uh, for the bigger lads, and uh, it's a and and you you the take two was again the you know a, a, an accumulation of knowledge that Tony has now on how he needs to to create a performing kayak to do to handle the loads, to handle the standing, to handle the secondary stability, to handle all these things that we we want from a fishing kayak. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. And, and, and that boat, I mean, it said to me, I, 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 I haven't been on it, but just looking at it, it's like, when you put your seat in the middle, mm -hmm. it's like, you got a kind of a cool little expedition boat, you know, oh, you, I, like I, I could stack my thing and 
I could stack my UPIC. You know, we were talking about this trip here in Algonquin. That was my last trip with the UPIC. Was running the rapids actually of Algonquin Park uh, after after uh, I can't remember which episode this was. Was this the finger episode? The Will no, finger no. I think, and honestly, I didn't go back and look at it, but I believe this is just the one where we hit different spots in Algonquin Park. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, so with the we, went, we went to the one the lake that was went to the yeah, one lake that was just absolutely stunningly beautiful, no and fish. no fish in it. But there was <laughs> a moose going up there to yeah. We saw a moose, uh, and then up to Traverse. Is it Traverse yeah. or Traverse? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it really depends. Like, there's actually no e on the end of it, which is really weird. T r a v e r s. It kind of ends abruptly. Uh, I call it Traverse. Well, I mean, like I said, I've been to quite a few different places around Canada. I've got super fond memories of Algonquin Park, the Petawawa. It really is one of the most beautiful places. I mean, you can see this photo is kind of behind me is from it. I mean, the leaves changing colors. And mm -hmm. if you're at there, there at the right time where there's no bugs, Yep. I know you've been there there at the wrong time when there are bugs and the black yep. fly. But what what's so special about Algonquin Park to you? Because I know you you go there quite a bit. Yeah, so Algonquin Park is is quite big. You know, it's a big green splotch on the on the map. It's only for me anyway. The, the greatest part. It's only about an hour and a half away from where I live. And it spans all the way across to tr over Toronto. So it hovers over Ottawa and it goes right across the eastern part of Ontario go to Toronto. And if you go up through into the Toronto leg, the Toronto portion of Algonquin Park, you also have uh, the, Musco uh, the Muskokas and then you have uh, uh, Killarney, which is another place I'd like to take you um, above it as well as another great park. It's really busy over there. But on this portion, the western side of Algonquin Park, where I've taken you, um, it's not busy. No, you know, I, mean, I, I, never... I, I, I even on the weekends you'll see a, you know, this lake itself for, is a perfect example. You have fourteen campsites over almost twenty kilometers of lake, or you know, fifteen miles of lake, and there you can't pressure that lake. <laughs> you know? No, I mean I, I don't. I don't remember ever seeing more than a couple of people yeah. and then you only see them briefly. Yeah. You know, on the weekend, like, on the weekends, it does get busy, but busy in the sense that, you know, every once in a while there's like canoes going through. And, that, and the other thing about this lake, it is the put in to um, the Petawawa river and the Petawawa river is a four day multi-day trip. So most people who are camping on the Traverse are there for that first night and then they they're gone. Right, right, right. You, you just don't see them. And they're not fishing, right? So, well, right. And that's what I noticed when, when I did the Petawawa, the successful time I did it, <laughs> not the other time, um, was that was it. The people that were going through, canoers generally, were on a paddle trip. Mm -hmm. And so you just see them go by, and then you had that stretch of the river to yourself again because we were working really slowly just – fishing our way down river yeah and they don't do that on that river too so and, and the other part of Algonquin park so this is that's a very accessible part of Algonquin park Algonquin park also has these lake systems that connect sometimes via portage um that 
connects, you know, you could do seven day trips, big loops way up through the lake systems and come back around. There's, there's hundreds of loops you can do. Um, whether you go in and stay at one lake for the most part, that's your Algonquin car, your Algonquin park experience. You're, you're not seeing anybody at all. Um, there's a famous artist group called the group of seven in Canada and all their inspiration comes from Algonquin park. You know, your, your background is a perfect example of that. I mean, photographers and artists and writers that's half of Canadian literature comes from Algonquin park. So it's, it is really kind of a spiritual place and, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. we're not as densely populated as you are in the U S and, and like I said, this part over Ottawa, Ottawa is only a million people, you know, and maybe a quarter of them are outdoor oriented and even less of those are, are going to make it make their way to Algonquin park. So it's, you don't get too many, yeah, and I, I highly recommend it. Like I said, I, I've, I've loved every time I've been there. Um, like I said, you can see the leaves changing in the photo behind me there. And I mean, the first time I went, it literally everything was green. Mm. And by the time we finished the trip, everything was like that. Yeah. And it was just like, and we were there right at the right time when all the leaves changed colors. Mm. And it was, it was just breathtaking. Yep. Yep. But what's, there are times to go and times not to go. I mean, I know you and Will have been chased away by the critters. So what do you yep. think is the best time to go there? Uh, yeah, you, you want to cross that line. You know, every year is different. There's two factors. One, uh, the, the biggest one being groundwater. You know, uh, the, the, the earth holds a lot of water. So if you have a lot of snowpack and then you have a really wet spring, it's breeding ground, you know, these, <clears throat> the black flies and more of the black flies, uh, the mosquitoes you kind of put up with all summer long, but you have that, that witching hour, you know, it's from seven o'clock when dusk happens. Uh, you actually, it was this trip where we saw the mosquitoes collecting on the spruce trees, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so you, you need to deal with that right through to probably August, you know, but, I would say for me, it's, you know, mid to late June through to the end of July is a really good place for musky fishing on, on that lake. Uh, after that, then you, it's the fall stuff. You know, uh, the good news is the musky, you know, whereas a lot of the bass lakes in here in Canada and, and Northern United States, they turn when the, when the weeds, weeds die, there's this turning that happens to the lake to the lakes and the rivers where you're not catching too many fish. You, you know, you have to work for it. You can't can catch fish, but you have to work for it. But with muskie, they fatten up, you know, they go docile in the winter and docile means that they try to get as much food into their bellies as possible. And the fall tends to turn into a really cool musky uh, time. Uh, even on the Ottawa river, that's when I go up with our, our French Canadian brethren, uh, Dan and Manny. Um, it's, it's when it gets starts to get cold. We will fish right up until the, until the thing's iced because they fatten up and that's what, that's what starts to happen. Fishing wise, the best time is like autumn and that's when, right. like I said, they start to bite everything. Oh, I know that I said, I think that times, and I don't know what time this trip was honestly, I don't remember. Um, the first time I went was like in September and the, mm -hmm. they said the leaves were changing and the, um, the weather was nice. We had a real mix of weather, um, a little of uh, cold. I mean, I mean, the first night we were there was 
absolutely freezing. Thank you, Ken, for giving me a child size <laughs> sleeping bag. And then um, after that, it was just beautiful. I was fishing in t-shirt and it was just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. And because of the cold, I guess that we had no bugs. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was absolutely. Well, absolutely the, la the last trip we did last summer, uh, last fall was extremely cold in the morning. You know, it was five degrees Celsius. So I'm not sure what that is. Probably 20 cold. in the morning. We had ice on our boats. You've had those experiences. In I had that the last time. And then, and then you're <laughs> like, I have all my NRS gear. I'm loaded to the, the hilt. I'm, I'm paddling out with that. And then by 10 o'clock, we're, we're up to 20 degrees Celsius, which is probably 70. And, you know, we're sweating buckets and we're shedding. Peeling, peeling all that gear off. Yeah. <laughs> So I said, okay, we can, we can just tell, you know, I, I'm sure people can tell how much we, we really love this place yep. and the fishing isn't bad either. <laughs> um, whether it's like I said, that first trip I was down the Petawawa, I mean, it was just like every set of rapids, hmm. we would catch musky. Yep. And um, hello, Vaughn. hi Mitch. I was going to just say hello to a few people there, here yeah. really Is quick. So we do have some people that did check in and, so we have we have a really cool um, new program. It's an online tournament series, but it's 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 pretty relaxed. Uh, in fact, I didn't enter a single fish last year, which was kind of funny. But you know, I was kind of happy being there. But and, and I will say, I did catch a lot of them. Uh, it's a muskie and a walleye, muskie and pike oh. tournament, and then we have a walleye tournament as well up here in Canada now. And uh, the musky pike one is, is pretty fun. You do combi combine stuff and uh, gives you another excuse to go out and fish. Down Laurent, I think. Uh, oh, like I said, there, there are so much great fishing opportunities up there. Yeah. The I, I think the fish that really, I mean, I had great pike fishing in Canada and I enjoyed pike fishing. Uh, the smallmouth are the fir first time mm -hmm. that I ever really had appreciation for freshwater bass because yeah. they are just, so scrappy, so tough. Smallies, and, eh? Yeah, I, I love catching <clears throat> them smallies. So anyway, I'm going to say hello to a few people who uh, uh, checked in with us. Uh, Liam, who joins us from Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel every week. And Daryl joining us from Maryland. Um, Facebook user says hi. So again, uh, if you are watching this and commenting on the Kayak Fishing Show group page, unless you give it permission to use your name, it comes up as Facebook user. So uh, give it that permission. We'll call uh, we'll call you people FUs. <laughs> that's that's a good one. <laughs> FU, hi, hi, hi FU. Uh, Rudy, how you doing? Um, says get well, get well soon. Um, I hope so. Although I've had shoulder surgery before, and it is kind of a long. Yeah, but you haven't had this. You haven't had me do the surgery. I, if you come up here, like Medi not only is Medicare free up here in Canada, but we actually do it ourselves. Oh, that's a big part of why, why it's, it's so cheap up here in Canada. We we just YouTube it and we figure out how to do Ice it. Ice pick. Yeah, th that's old school. You know, now it, now we use actual knives, mostly kitchen knives. But yeah, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Aaron says he's uh, stoked to hear more. So apparently we got to wait till April to hear more. Um, 
And uh, Scott says, hey, Mitch joins us quite often. How you doing, man? Our good friend, team mom, Gene Wilson. How are you? Uh, Bobby Taylor Tucker is, you know, probably our best fan because mm. <laughs> he says we're the best kayak fishing show alive. Well, I got to concur. Um, That's not good for the ego, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and we got uh, Florin watching from Dublin, mm. Ireland. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, I would love to get to Ireland sometime. Uh, I know I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm destined to go to the paddle sports show in Ireland and England is is uh, most likely what I want to do uh, while I'm at that show next year. So that's September, I think. Can I go? Um, you, it's, it's a big country. So yeah, <laughs> can't keep you out. <laughs> they can try. <laughs> Uh, Mitch says he lived in Petawawa for 13 years, went in the army. Uh, went yep. to, how, the big how do base you live in, well, like in a tent? There's a big base right outside. Actually, just before we turn off to that long seven hour dirt road that we take, I'm exaggerating, it's about an hour and a half, but uh, it's just before the Petawawa base. It's a big base. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, didn't, didn't realize that. I remember. I don't know. Maybe maybe we were someplace. Isn't there some spot there where you can see like a big dish or something? Yeah, that was that. That's traverse. Uh, there's a observatory, so okay. it's it's part of the SETI network. That's when they're they're looking for uh, signs of extraterrestrials. Um, we send different messages than you do in the United States. We ask for, we send them like tragically hip videos and stuff like that to see if they respond to it. We've been talking to the aliens for a long time, actually. I have no doubt of that at all. Um, Gene says, does anything repel black flies? Uh, I, honestly, I have the best advice for everybody who uh, goes to a destination where black flies are a thing. Bring Jameson. So they what like happens him? is they all go up into his beard and they're like, oh, why would I God. mess with that guy with no hair when I can go into that guy's beard over there and eat nice, fresh meat from North Carolina? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, didn't was it? It was Blackfly that you guys said that you were up there and basically had to jump in the lake to get away it's, from him? It is the first time I've ever had to turn back on a trip. Will and I had uh, two overnights planned, a two-night trip planned. And we got in, and at the put-in, it was kind of fine, but I think it was mostly because there was a lot of wind. Black flies don't like wind. Uh, what we didn't know is the black flies also eddy behind you, <laughs> and you can you can feel them like clicking on the back of your heads. We didn't. We we're just so excited about going in. We got into. We got to an island. And this, did you go to the island? There's an island that's a little bit farther than where we usually camp. It's probably an hour and a half, almost two hour paddle. We got to this place and just setting up our tents, we just got eh. Uh, if, if you don't know what a black fly does to you, it doesn't sting you. It takes a chunk of flesh from your body. And that's not an exaggeration. They, they do. They're the tiniest little animals in the world and they just eat you. And we were bleeding from head to toe. We had to literally jump in the water and our, only our mouths exposed for, you know, God. The longest time is is it true that they are um like if you you don't want to wear like dark colors 
Um, honestly, I, if, I was heard that, if, if, if you're really, on, I don't think there's a sim, single color combination they give a crap about. No, I just always heard that if you, if you wear black or whatever, they yeah. tend to get uh, on that more. I mean, maybe there's a, a heat thing with black. I don't know. Uh, it, I don't, honestly, I, it, I don't want to be around long enough yeah. to learn. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it's it's all like like I said when the ground groundwater goes and the the ground is dry they got no place to breed and they just disappear they literally just one day they're gone and uh, when, <laughs> the funny thing is if you go to Algonquin Park weather on weather map or any of these other apps there's literally they don't just have weather and wind they actually have a black fly mosquito and horsefly rating system so when that rating system is green. You go. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's yeah. funny. So I guess we should run this episode. Otherwise, we're going to talk about how much we like it for forever. What are we drinking there, James? Uh, it's a Molson dry. Molson. Molson. Yeah. No, I, I'm trying to stay away from the IPAs for a little bit. Right. Yeah, like I'm drinking hour. water, so. Okay. Mainly because I didn't want to have any beers because I wanted to go and play with this Torquedo motor I got and see how I can mount it on the back of my Blue Sky. I believe it's pronounced Torquedo. But Tor it's... No, there's no U. T-O-R-Q-E-E-D-O. Anyway, let's run this episode and we can... Uh... Whoa, let's... What happened? There we go. Countdown begins. Picture, picture in picture. This week, this week on the kayak fishing show, we're returning to a spot that I have always really enjoyed, and that's Algonquin Park in Ontario, Canada. There's a river system here, that and lakes, is right there. and there's bass, <laughs> uh, largemouth, smallmouth, pike, musky. Beautiful location. I've been excited to come back here. Stick around. Oh. <laughs> Sing along. So this is a Canadian. Uh, yeah, Brock Seaman. Brock Seaman, yeah. He's a good friend of Will's. Yeah. Great song. And he's not a bad fisherman either. Oh, that's right. You guys went out to Clayton there. Yeah. Got to fish with him one time. It was super fun. Mitch says he ordered his uh, uh, sand wheels for the uh, blue sky. Love my job. video about them. Good job, Jimmy. We okay. yep, we finally got them going. We got the bimini too. Did you I see my got... install video on the bimini? I did not. Yeah, I did a full install video. Very cool. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Uh huh. <laughs> Four dollars an hour. Look at that car, sporty. Yeah. This was that lake. This is a lake. It's called Big Bass Lake. And guess what? Oh, we shouldn't ruin it for people. <laughs> it's beautiful lake. It's a beautiful lake. It was a beautiful paddle. It's like when you say your friend has got a, per a great personality. Yeah. Breakfast is served. <laughs> 
have come up to Algonquin Park. Uh, we've been here before. It's one of my favorite places we've ever been. It's absolutely beautiful up here. Uh, we've come up to uh, Purdy Lake. Purdy, Purdy Lake. And uh, we just like got this, here. We'll be camping lake. here for a couple days, but we just got here through the kayaks off the trailer, and we're just going to go fish for a couple hours and then come back and set up camp. Because it's very purdy. ACR Personal Locator Beacon. Last resort if you run into trouble. But uh, I use this on my PFD when I'm out kayaking offshore. So nice and small, very, very good piece of insurance. Especially if you get too close to those really big moose. And bears. And bars. I think every trip we've seen a bear, eh? Yeah, I know we saw bears on the side every of the road we as we're driving in. Algonquin Park, uh, there's moose. It, it's generally there's around moose. the same time of year, so I've every time I've been there is about the time when the leaves are changing. It's uh, it's not filled with bugs. It's cooling down a little bit, and the fish are generally getting very very active, uh, feeding up before the winter time when the water really cools down. So every time we go there, we have good fishing. <laughs> so when I come up here, I, I need to bring kind of a variety of gear uh, because we may be catching smallmouth bass, we may be catching largemouth bass, and then pike and muskie. Uh, for the bass, uh, I like a little bit lighter setup. For the muskie, I definitely wanted a faster taper, heavy action rod. Usually he's using a, a very short liter of Seaguar Premier fluorocarbon or Seaguar Gold Label fluorocarbon. Uh, for the bass, I was usually going 12 to 20 pound test. For the muskie, I went up to 80 pound test because I needed to, you know, I needed that protection from their teeth. Boom. Finally got a fish on the boat. That was I don't, weird that's pretty, I don't think that's a pretty lake. <laughs> you can see the weeds even earlier. You can see the weeds still green. And that was the crazy thing. It didn't look like a turned lake. Apparently, whoever fished here last killed all the fish. <laughs> because this was not a paddle-in trip, uh, we actually camped from the vehicle. So we were able to bring along our big Orion coolers. We had steaks. I mean, we, we ate like kings for a camping trip. What's going on, James? Sauteing mushrooms. We're having, uh, we're roughing it a little bit tonight. Instead of powdered steak, we're gonna have real steak. That was a knock on Will. Every time we've gone to the park, we have fished <laughs> Lake Traverse, and then we've also got, gone down the river. Uh, right, this time we but wanted Will to wants to dehydrate everything. A lake that was supposed might to be, be really good I'm not gonna bass. say anything. Um, I'm Look sure that. it probably is. <laughs> I don't know if we just didn't have the right stuff, uh, if the fish were just off because there was a, a cold snap right before we came. Um, beautiful lake, no fish. <laughs> no fish. There were literally, I mean, like I said, and I remember that I could see in that last shot, there was a slot way back there and we kind of. There was a second lake port. and a third lake, I think. Yeah, we did like yeah. a little mini portage through that one yeah. little gap and then went yep. and fished it. And all of it looked so promising. And again, at that time of year, the everything was green still. So 
like I said, when when the when the lakes Jackson turn, kayaks, usually in Canada, show, everything browns and literally Jackson disappears kayak. in a couple of days. First, like the weeds will go lake. down, they'll flatten and they'll die. Right. And, uh, that wasn't the case. It was weird. Cool. And Ray Marine, but it was pretty. And there's, there's one web, there's one website, there's one campsite on the entire lake. It was right by that road, right? We pulled over in the road, and there's one. Yeah, because we were like, I hope we get this campsite. Well, we, uh, fished a lake uh, near where we're camping last night, and it was a pretty good temperature change. So the fishing up there was uh, pretty slow. I mean, as in non-existent. So decided to make a run up to Lake Travers. Uh, we've had great luck with this lake in the past. It's a, it's a great musky lake. So uh, just hoping we have some shelter from the weather. It was raining last night and kind of windy. But uh, as of right now, it looks good. So let's go get it. Uh, I think one of the, the reasons that Lake Traverse is so productive is, that, well, it's not heavily pressured. It is a bit of a mission to get there. Uh, you know, it's a long dirt road you have to run down. Um, and I think one of the reasons we do so well every time we go there is we don't fish the same areas that the few motor boaters that are on there fish. They have to stay outside in a little bit deeper water where we get right in the thick of the weeds. There's a lot of weeds. You've got to fish weedless there because of, there's so many weed beds and lily pads and everything else so we get into the thick of it where boats just can't get you know another just advantage of the kayak that we've always had that was a good nice, fish dude. that was a good fish i remember that one. Oh, that's the one that like jumped in. that is a big fish yeah it came unbuttoned uh, yeah right right like, after oh the god, big jump i have 40 pound test oh god <laughs> But I remember, I remember I was right in the position and saw that thing jump. There yep. it came out. <laughs> so the good news is I caught a really, really big muskie. Bad news is I caught a really big muskie. And I don't think I quite got the hook set. And I remember feeling the teeth. I could feel the teeth on the hook. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. That You could feel click, 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 kind of like. Yeah. Hook yeah. and teeth, and I was like, that uh, hard. Uh, just really hard. to Lake Traverse and uh, Traverse. And as soon as we got out here, the wind started picking up, so we got a little worried because we were blowing everywhere. But then, as soon as we got to the money spot, because uh, there's a money spot, Jim had a big old follow, and there's nothing like a musky follow. You see the wake of their shoulder coming through the water. So, when it's nice and clear and flat like this, you can see the wake, which is pretty exciting. And I caught a little guy. Nice, dude. It's not a bad fish at all. Not a monster in musky terms, but fun fish. Brought along the yeah. There's a lot guy. of there's a lot of juveniles in Jackson that lake. Kayak. Really like this boat. Super it's active, super exciting. Light. It's easy to um, manage. You know, they're very still, standable. Yeah, eight and pounds. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of low profile, so it doesn't catch a lot of wind, and we've had a lot of wind, so it doesn't catch a, as much uh, wind as some other boats. So for the conditions we're fishing in, it's really nice. Whoa! And he that, loses another one. <laughs> because we had no luck on the Technically, lake, I uh, leadered decided that to go fish. up to where oh, we did know okay. we've had success right in the past, which was Lake Travers. Um, and as always, 
Lake Traverse didn't disappoint. <laughs> it's just not many places around that you can get that many shots at a muskie in one day. Apparently they don't like getting hooks in their mouth. What gives with that? Let me uh, lock myself down so I don't wreck the area for future fishermen. Wow, dude. <laughs> you have so much energy. <laughs> yeah, he threw it right next to me. Looks like he's got some little lamprey problems. They're pretty fish. And they definitely have that smell. <laughs> After all that, he still had a crap load of energy left. Oh no, more musky slime. Yeah. Well, we just cruised through uh, a load of lily, lily pads. Um, there's a lot of cover for the fish, but um, what they're looking for is this musky grass. And the musky grass is starts right about here and goes that way. And almost every cast that we've made in through to the musky grass, uh, which keeps a lot of oxygen, um, has produced a fish. So I think we'll stick with this little area, about two feet of water, lots of musky grass. That guy's super smart. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if we mentioned it in the episode, so I'll bring it up now just because I'm thinking about it. You know, when we go musky fishing at other areas, we go fishing with the Joseph brothers and you're throwing the quadruple bladed, you know, quadruple cowgirl and mm -hmm. uh, all the massive stuff. It seems like every time we or at least the times I've been there and you obviously go there a lot more. We can get musky on small stuff up there. You don't yeah, need to so be throwing the giant lures to, to bring them in. Yeah. So. So I, I, I started fly fishing for muskie a while back and that's what kind of taught me the taught me. And, uh, you know, you tie a muskie pattern, which is basically a pike fly, you know, they're streamers, they're single hook and they're only, you know, maybe between four and seven inches long. Okay. And, um, especially when they're fattening, you know, they're, just like bass they're after the the shad and and other you know small perch and stuff like that that they're that are swarming and gathering in eddies musky the musky i go after has a lot to do with rivers including this lake which is the base of a river basically so you get a lot of swarms of bait fish and the bait fish aren't that big you know so as as a a traditional fly fishing philosophy, you're always matched the hatch, right? So right. Uh, the hatches aren't that big. I, I'm trying to get on the screen here. They're not, you know, 14 inches long with seven treble hooks. <laughs> they're literally <laughs> this big, you know, they're after frogs, they're after uh, bait fish. And the good news is if uh, you, you don't need to have that, you know that four inch muscle growing on your arm to throw these big like some of the like i watched some of the guys out there throwing the, with these huge lures but accompanying the lures is the really heavy rods and the really heavy reel systems and all that kind of stuff 
And uh, I, I've been kind of just as successful with, you know, the, the swim baits, the smaller swim baits. And, and basically uh, throwing, throwing bass gear. Yeah. And you and can keep them weed so fun. Yeah. And in the spring, muskie will go really shallow. They'll go into, you know, in the fall, they'll chase the green. So whatever weed stays green the longest, that's where their oxygen is, they'll go towards. And they'll they'll get shallower and shallower and shallower. And, and you're my witness. We were catching, you know, we've seen 45 plus inch muskie come out of three inches of water. There were definitely and, times where they there was barely any water over their back. You yeah, know, just, and, and, and when they start swimming, like you said, that's when you see them really pushing water, and you get that big old V weight coming at it. Yeah, and it's yeah. so exciting. But there's there's generations of stories of musky fishing where you're you got to watch. You know, well, you were on one shoot with uh, Jamie Pastilli where he got hooked in his hand. You know, you right. there's there's this kind of mythology about musky fishing that you have to have the big lures and the big tackle and the big everything, which in my opinion, just causes big problems, <laughs> you know, right. you know, here, you know, and I, that's what I learned from fly fishing. You can use a single hook. Um, you can, uh, you can use a swim bait and you can get to places where they're just kind of sitting, sitting and waiting for opportunity. Um, muskies not unlike any other fish, you know, there is time where they feed and they're more active. You know, we, we chase them with barometric pressure. They tend to kind of get active, but they're also an opportunity fish. And if you take a swim bait and you present it like a dying bait pattern, like it's, there's something dying in front of them, they're going to eat it. And you and I both have seen the charges that we got. And it's not just in the morning. It's not just mid, uh, you know, at the end of the day. It's in the middle of the day, in the, the heat of the day. We've seen them charge out of the woodwork to, to get some of these, you know, right. little patterns. And and my biggest my biggest is 40, 52 inches, and it was caught on a, a Strike King uh, Rage Tail. Rage Tail. The face of rage. Face of rage. You know what? Six inches long. Yeah. You know, no, just I think as I long as you throwing... got the sharpened hook, you're, you're good. I think I was throwing the dart spin mostly on this. Yep. And yeah. yeah, like I said, we don't need those. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll admit there is, there's a certain kind of fun thing. If you have the right equipment and throwing those big lures, mm -hmm. but it can also be exhausting. And like I said, I throwing a, a small weedless plastic, getting it up in there. And I mean, and, and like talk, you talk about being able to stand up in the kayaks and being able to see them laying up there, just waiting to ambush something. And you'll just see them laying next to a log or laying sure. right behind some uh, some scrub. And mm -hmm. uh, they are ambush predators. They they Absolutely. are out there chasing schools of bait like tuna do. You know, they're just, yep. they are opportunistic. And yep. they wait for something to come over their head. And if you throw in something that's kind of enticing, it doesn't need to be that monster thing. I think it, it's more like we're putting it where they are rather than that some of these really giant lures, they're trying to call the fish in to the lure because it's making this noise and vibration. And this is like the more stuff like a taking off um, bird off the surface. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's well, the ESOX, the ESOX e has two reasons for biting. One being it's supper time. And, you, you know, then you get into things like morning, night, uh, barometric pressure. They tend to activate. Haven't figured that one out yet. But they do. I've seen it. 
Um, but there's also that whole Esox family, Pike and, and Muskie are the same thing. If you annoy the crap out of them, they're going to hit it. <laughs> and that's, I think, the, the, gen, the, the underlying principle behind some of these big obnoxious baits is like you just create a lot of havoc and right. they're going to go after it. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. All right. Well, let's uh, continue on. get past the commercial jackson kayaks kayak fishing show is brought to you by jackson Kayak. so if anybody does have any questions please shoot them our way always happy to answer questions comments all that fun stuff and make sure you visit all these wonderful sponsors power pole micro anchor i think you had a power pole on this one and i didn't yeah which was a huge advantage because it did get a little windy yeah, especially when you came around to that musky, that money spot. Yeah. So we uh, changed locations today to Lake Travers. We've fished here before and always had uh, good luck on musky. Um, kind of came around the corner, found some uh, good weed beds, and Lake Travers doesn't disappoint. Um, I've had plenty of shots at fish. I'm not getting them to stick. Uh, I was using kind of a soft rod, so I switched over to a little heavier sure, rod. Sure, show me. So hopefully trying to get the, I can drive <laughs> the nest to come out of my line. <laughs> Whereas uh, James has landed three or four, I think. So um, the fish are here. They are chewing. And now I just need to actually put one on the kayak and not just have it jump next to me and throw the hook. Come on, Jim. Well, it looks like we might be getting some rain. I just felt some raindrops. I'm not telling you, this weather could have been a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> James is one of the luckiest fishermen I know. And that's um, all it is, is I luck. mean, Skill. fish hit when they shouldn't hit, and it just works for him. He uses the wrong lures, he uses the wrong equipment, and he still gets fish. So, I guess that means it's not really the wrong lure. <laughs> but I, I, you know... There's just certain people that, you know, you've probably seen certain guys on our show quite a bit. And that's just because we love these people and we enjoy their company and shooting with them. Oh. It's not just about the fishing. It's about the company. And, sweet. and we just always have fun and we always laugh and we laugh all day when we're with James. Oh, my goodness. We spent that whole trip trying to come up with a new thing for you, right? Remember that? I uh, that, decided that to fish this bank that... over here. Oh. And no, you were just trying to get kind of a everybody to embrace face of rage. All right. Um, that I saw. <laughs> and uh, I pulled a couple of these little bass off of it. I uh, saw a lot more fish actually come out from underneath the structure. So I just kept kept working it. Yeah, there was some weird wooden and, structure uh, under the water. Got a couple of them to stick. Yeah, so, so there's like species um, number 12. Uh, this is a logging river. A new, uh, band of so there's a lot of uh, so deadheads cool. and logs everywhere. It's fun to catch a sunk. different species on uh, good. one lure. So. <laughs> Boom. I actually caught a lot well, of fish. It's just the cameraman was never near me. Yeah, at least I finally I, got a fish to stick that. for me today. <laughs> this is just a super effective lure. I've, you know, I've 
fished it in San Diego, got nine species on it last week. I got a couple of different species off it uh, in Panama, and now I just have another species on it. So it's just one of those lures that works on a lot of different fish. I was fishing that lure on San Diego Bay yesterday and getting spotted bay bass on it. Look at that perfect little wake. <laughs> Spinning me around. Uh, I'll take it the way my luck has gone today with all the fish I've missed. Look, Jimmy's right. got a muskie. Another one on the dart spin. Another new species on the dart spin. Gotta love that. Let this guy go. Beautiful smell of muskie. <laughs> Funny enough, they smell a lot like yeah, barracuda. Cut out for me. Yeah, same sure. kind of smell. On, yep. you know, hashtag face of rage. It's going really well, but I need that. I need that one thing that I say when I bring out monsters. So I want, I'm thinking. Pretty sure that's uh, not a monster. Don't do you count until the dealing's done. No, I'm <laughs> never count your money till the dealing's done. That's not a bad bass, really. I was gonna say, I was like, I don't remember <laughs> catching that one. <laughs> Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> Will disagree. I'm just gonna that let that him go now. <laughs> Nice bass right off this rocky point. That's the money spot. You should be <laughs> catching muskie there. Well, fishing's picked up for me this afternoon. We've got another day here at Travers, so stick around and see how we do. Betcha I cooked something really nice that night, didn't I? You always cook something really nice. <laughs> um... That's always a, a fun part because I like, is brought to you. I always uh, end up cleaning because I don't mind cleaning and uh, I'm not much of a cook. So that's why I cook, so I don't have to clean. Because that's the <laughs> that's the rule. That's the rule. Lorenz says my first muskie was caught with a small six inch swim bait on a Jackson bite, a forty two inch muskie. That's a good size muskie for your yeah. first muskie. Yeah, we're, uh, we're 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 definitely blessed. I mean, this lake is one, but uh, we have the Ottawa River, we have the Madawaska, um, and there's a few other tributaries where we have we have muskie everywhere here. Um, yeah, and if you don't have muskie, you have pike. Yep, yep. Unfortunately, pike usually you're you're targeting most people target bass or walleye when they get hit by pike, and they hate it. Most fishermen around here are like, oh, those slew sharks or what are they else they call them? The uh, uh, snot rockets. You know, they have all these nicknames for pike. And and I'm like, they fight way better than bass. I love <laughs> catching pike. I, I absolutely love catching yeah. pike. Um, I mean, there's the aggressive hit. I mean, it's not the, – the fight isn't insane like uh, um, a lot of saltwater fish. But the hit, and then when they come to the boat, once you get them to the boat, they're always a handful too, and they're yeah. spinning up your line. And I mean, uh, and the hit top water. I mean, what's not to like about fishing for pike? Yep. 
I'll answer Mitch's question here. Does the camera guy ever get to fish at the same time? And the, the answer is no, mostly because the camera guy is Will Richardson and he fishes better than we do. So <laughs> the last thing we need is that guy catching more fish than we do or better fish than we do and him yeah. spending the entire night, you know, drinking beers and rubbing our noses in it. So no. He doesn't. Will fish. Will is um, Will is a a lucky fisherman. Um, I mean, when you watch his technique and you watch things he does, the skill level is not there. The skill level is here. The luck level is like up here. I think the I I think you're confused. I I have the same thing going on. We we, <laughs> we have the same as you said in this video. But we were just in Panama and he brought in this Cabrera snapper that was kick ass it was a I, it was I, a trophy camera i saw a picture that was yeah. uh that was a hell of a fish it was a nice fish. I, well like i said i mean we we fished uh in hawaii and we'd all been fishing hard fishing hard and he's over on the boat on the camera boat and he grabs one of my rods with my lure drops it down one drop and catches a wahoo with no <laughs> leader and how you catch a wahoo with no leader on an iron jig I, it's like yeah, he he's he's got late, but I will say the very first time I, when early in the times that uh, Will and I were uh, working together, it was one of those trips where and, and you ask if the camera ever gets to fish. Generally speaking, he's getting paid to shoot, and we don't want him missing anything. So if the fishing has been really good. Then it's like, hey, Will, grab a rod. And we've had that happen. Tarpon fishing, where he got his first tarpon down in yep. Costa Rica. We had a trip. Uh, I don't remember exactly where we were, but we had insane pike fishing. Huge pike. And I mean, we were there for seven days. And by I the third was day. Saskatchewan or something. Up north yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. But it was like by the third day, we had all the footage we need. Hmm. And he's like, he has no fishing gear with him. So it's like, here, take my first cast. Backlash is the reel so bad, can't get the I literally have to cut all the line off the reel. <laughs> but then he yeah. probably went on and caught the biggest pike of the trip. I mean, it, it's just that's how it works with uh, with Will. Uh, Scott asked if I ever live stream on the water. I do occasionally. A lot of times, quite honestly, I'm so remote that it doesn't make sense and live streaming by myself on a Kayak is never the easiest thing, but uh, I have done it in the past. Um, more often, if I do it, I'm usually on a boat. But uh, keep talking. We're never going to finish this episode. I know. Why? Orion Coolidge. <laughs> Yak Attack. Yak Attack. The makers of the new black pack. Power Pole Micro Anchor. Had you signed on yet when I, I was showing the new black Cigar. pack? Uh, right at the beginning of the show, you may not have signed no, up yet, but no. the, the new black pack by Yakadak is pretty sweet. Yeah, well, this new product is uh, or, uh back out here at, uh, Lake Travers. Um, got up a nice early start, beautiful morning, a little bit of rain, but uh, it's clearing up now, and uh, hopefully, we can get on some morning musky. I'll be right back. <laughs> Grab me a beer. <laughs> First follow of the day. Came right off a little log right there. Seems to be the case. They they hit 
right next to you so you, you don't have a good second chance to represent it or to slow it down. You just end up floating over the top of them. It's impossible to keep all the weeds off. So I'm fishing the dart spin. Uh, and again, because I want to fish it weedless using a weighted worm hook. And it's very easy to set this up so the hook is buried down below. And the fish is really nice and weedless. There's a nice vibration through the water. It's gotten hit a lot. Backlash a lot. I've got about four pounds of cigar fluoro on this line. And it does scare me because there's some bigger fish here that will take this line, but they're going to have. Say if, it's, if it was a 30, they'd have no problem snapping it if they hit running the other way. Um, but 40 just seems to be the right weight for muskie and bringing them out through these weeds here. Because once you catch a muskie here, and if they're in deep weeds, you're in for a little bit of a tug of war. So you want to have enough that they won't cut with. Because we're uh, fishing really... Pause. Yes, I heard you open the new beer. Um do you think 40 is enough? I mean, I, I, well, I it know depends. Like, some guys, guys are, they're fishing like 130 pound fluoro or wire. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, like I was saying in the, the, in the, in the show, if they're charging, if there's a really big 40 plus inch or charging the wrong way and it grabs your line and it'll cut. But what I do is I play with drag a lot. So what I'll do is I'll let it go. I'll let them hit at a like a 40-pound, 50-pound test kind of – that's what I call a 40-pound, 50-pound test speed. If if it's if your drag is set too high and it hits a 40-pound fluoro, it's gone. Nothing, you're going to lose the fish. But if you if it hits it and it, there's, there's give to the line – you're not necessarily going to set the hook right away. So there's a couple of things I do here. One, one thing is kind of unique to the, I think the way I fish when it comes to using a 40 pound floor on a big fish is I'll actually use a, a string set. It's kind of like the fly fishing. I'll point my rod and I won't set it with the rod itself. I will actually pull the line and set the hook into its mouth after I've let it go. So it's, a, it's kind of like a fly fishing technique. Fly fishing, you don't have the rod power or the line power to set a hook. You don't set a hook with your rod. You set a hook strip setting, right? You just pull it. Okay. And so I do that a lot with busking. Um, what I find with the lighter weights, the lighter weighted baits, um, if you've got an 80 pound fluoro, for example, which I would use, I will use sometimes with my spoon. Um, that 80 pound, pound fluoro is too stiff for a swim bait. The swim bait doesn't perform very well. It doesn't do that nice little neat wake over the top of the water. Um, so so I'll, I'll change it up. I will use 80 for my for the heavier lures. Like I, I have gotcha. this, uh, yeah. I have this redfish spoon, those weedless redfish spoons, the big ones. I use that for muskie a lot uh, as well. Again, single hook, no problems taking them off. And they, it's the flash that attracts for sure, just like those other ones. Right, and I think there's one thing that is of note um, in a kayak because about kayaks tend to drift towards 
the fish that you are hooking, mm-hmm. um, you can get away with lighter gear. You can get away with um, smaller hooks and a finer wire because you're just never going to put that much pressure. So like you were saying, these big musky lures have these giant trebles on them. It's harder to get hook penetration on something like that versus a smaller bass lure that you can, the smaller diameter, it's easier to get hook penetration um, in a kayak because you're just not putting that much pressure on it. So I always go for every kind of fishing I do, even, even marlin fishing. Um, I'm going for much smaller diameter hooks than most people do. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very rare that I will bend one out. Yeah. And, and the, and the other thing, anybody who's casted any of these larger lures for musky has experienced the, you know, that instant backlash where dink <laughs> <laughs> and lure and, you know, your $40 lure and your. That's the longest cast I've ever made. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shallow water with a lot of weeds. Uh, Fishing weedless, but even fishing weedless, you know, the front of your lure will still pick up grass. Um, I don't want this thing running deep. I'm I'm in three feet of water or less right here. So where normally when I'm retrieving my rod tips down, I like to keep the rod tip down and keep the lure down. I'm actually retrieving here with my rod tip very high. It's keeping the very tip of the lure up. It's giving me a nice little wake in the water that's attracting the fish, but it's also making the lure fish a little bit more weedless. And that's the other thing is when you're tying uh, an 80 pound to a hundred pound fluorocarbon onto a braid, this rage tail, you're going to catch weeds with that uh, tag end all the time. And you know, with that weed, Two feet up above your lure. The, the right color yeah. for the fish to see from down below. It's a cloudy day. And cloudy days with little periods of lightness tend to mess up your pattern because you don't know what colors to choose. But this one actually is a two-tone, so it'll rotate like that. Into the fish. And they're liking the little wake along, along the top of the water. Just hit. The other thing that I discovered on that lake actually oh, is the difference between swim baits and frogs. A lot of wind here right The musky will come up on a frog and knock it a lot of times out of the water and where it's really hard to hold swim bait will come behind the swim bait and grab it from behind. Oh, and uh, James has quite an advantage over me because he has a power pole. So he can drop that thing down with uh, more pressure and hold himself in place. I've got a yak attack stakeout pole, which normally works really well but it's, it's kind of at its max here. We, we hit this wind and it's pushing me faster than uh, that'll hold. And you could have held on to my waist though, Jim. That whole time you could have just like held solid. on to my waist. We could have shared uh, a kayak. It's sand. You should have been in the tandem. Can't get really deep into it. it. So if it was been. muddy, I would be able to put the pole down farther. We should actually do that. Position, but because <laughs> I can only get it down about a foot <laughs> in the sand. As soon as I get hit by a gust of wind, I get blown away. The power pole puts considerably more downward pressure. And if it feels they'll start to slip, it puts more pressure on. So uh, James has definitely got the advantage here today for controlling himself on the wind. Yeah, like it was a, it was a difficult bottom right though there. There's not a lot, a lot of mud where I was. So you'd be no, pumping along. You still moved a bit, but yeah, the wind. That's why my stakeout pole it. wouldn't work at all. I, I kept hitting rock. That's it from Algonquin Park. We had a great time, got on some good fish. I hope you enjoyed it. You're going out on the water, always wear your PFD. 
to keep your paddle right side up. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. There you go. That one thing that I say when I bring out monsters, so. Thank God I'm a country boy. We had to see that again? <laughs> I didn't do the editing. Southern man don't need. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, chugga wow. No. Come on, Will. That was Will, <laughs> by the way, who's like rejecting my, my, uh, yeah. We have a lot of fun. Hey, Jamie. We do have a lot of fun. And I mean, fishing's fun. Kayaking's fun. Being outdoors gotta, is fun. You got to fix your wing. Big... Fix your wing. Come on up to Canada this Yeah, fall. I will. I said that's the whole thing. I was hoping to get this done a lot sooner, but the way life is right now, it's just like I've been waiting for months and months. And I finally got my appointment. I go in on Tuesday, uh, torn, torn rotator cuff and bone spurs and get all that dealt H with. And, well, did, did I tell you how I finally discovered it, decided that I have to get surgery? Your wife told drink, you? I can't drink left-handed. <laughs> that is a problem. I can't. That little that little motion. I can't I can't lift my elbow in there. I can't drink left-handed either. Well, when I'm too, you know, sometimes you get sometimes you're too fisting, and you know, I gotta be able to drink that one and that one. So it's just like mm -hmm. it wasn't working for me. So, so I finally decided I gotta go get surgery. So there we go. James, thanks so much, man. I, I know it was super last minute. I, I'm glad you could join me and uh just promise you'll come back on when we're able to talk about all this fun stuff. I'm really excited about what's coming up. Yep. And uh, I know uh, a lot of people are. So uh, there's there's good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely. So, that word. Um, the next phase is going to be exciting for everybody. Yeah. So if, if you haven't already, I mean, follow Jackson Kayak on Facebook and mm -hmm. Instagram and all that because um, I'll try to get it out first, but uh, I'm sure it'll be there first. So. <laughs> there we go. It will be. All right, James. You All take right. care, man. Thanks, Jimmy. Night, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, again, there will be no show next Tuesday because I will be laying on an operating table, get my arm whittled on. Uh, but we'll be back as soon as we can after that. I do appreciate you all joining me. If you are going out on the water, please remember. Always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Oh, now I'm going to fish it. Woo!